0: Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unmound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to UnmoundRetreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Hey there, this is Nicole, the host and producer of the Foundown podcast if you're just tuning in, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for showing up. If you've been around since the beginning, God damn it. I love you. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the show. I've got some really exciting news coming up that I can't wait to share. So stay tuned. Maybe it'll be announced next week or the week after. I hope that you are all doing okay out there and maybe finding some hope with the increase of vaccinations across the country and also the decreased rate of infection of COVID 19. Wherever you can find your glimmer of hope, I hope you can find it. Now, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Nicole Kupchik, CNS author and educator. You know, she offers the Foundown listeners 20% off all of her. Online classes, Zoom classes, and educational books. I'm just going to read out a few of the courses that she has. She's got cardiac bootcamp, cardiac medicine certification, unveiling the mysteries of mechanical ventilation, hemodynamic monitoring bootcamp, stroke review bootcamp, dodging delirium, as well as CCRN and PCCN certification re- reviews. So she has a world of educational products out there. I hope you can take a moment. And go over to NicoleKupchakConsulting.com and see what's in store. You won't be disappointed. Use the coupon code founddown 20 at checkout. That's FOUNDOWN20, FOUNDOWN's lowercase two zero for 20% off at checkout. All right. This is a great episode. And this is dedicated to all of the new nurses out there. You can do it. This has been... A tough, tough year, but we need you and we're so looking forward to be working side by side. Okay, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. Well, hello, welcome to the Found Out Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and I'm so stoked. I have a friend of mine on the show, Corey Palmer. They're a relatively newer nurse. So we're going to talk about their experience uh, <laughs> graduating nursing school and sort of expectations versus reality. And BT dubs, they started really um, not long before the pandemic hit. So we're going to talk about expectations versus reality, nursing school, maybe what working in a pandemic as a new nurse was like, and whatever the hell co- else comes up. So but before we do any of that, Corey, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. The sun's out. Um, so drinking coffee, kind Ooh, of perfect that's morning.
0: so good. Yes, it is. It, um, spring is coming.
1: It is, which, oh, goodness.
0: Yes, yeah, Sunday, I think, right? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how, ha- well, we'll get into the pandemic talk when we talk about your experience, um, working in the pandemic. So you graduated in June of 2019
1: mm-hmm.
0: and had your first nursing job in January of 2020. Yes. What, what was, what was, um, starting out like, you know, when you're We all, a lot of us listeners, have been through nursing school, and so what was that expectations versus reality sort of experience?
1: Yeah, I, I was just telling you that I held out um, for for a little extra time. Um, Didn't take the first job I was offered because I really, I was really looking to get into a certain field, into the emergency room. What expectations did I have? every single expectation that I had was immediately blown out of the water. I guess I'll start by saying that. <laughs> um, we, My nursing program, we didn't get to be in a lot of um, critical care settings. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really had no, no idea of um, what I was getting myself into. Um, v- very relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, starting out in an ICU, Yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think was a gift honestly i I think if I had been if i if I had been in a setting that I was familiar with um i was I would still have been in my nursing school brain and like doing doing the work as a as a student on a unit uh mm-hmm. instead of this is now my job this is me <laughs> I'm me being a nurse I'm the nurse on my own right
0: you're the nurse that's what we always say okay,
1: yep. you're the nurse you're the nurse. <laughs> really are. So that was, yeah, that I think it was a gift to, to not have, um, not have the expectations.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you, when, what were some of those expectations? Did you think like, oh, I'll get a lot of pre teaching and precepting and
1: I, yeah, I, I think the, the initial expectations I had were, um, this, this whole, um, kind of, uh, emergence of residencies for nurses that Mm is, has kind of started in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, I, I was really, I was feeling really, uh, thankful and excited that I was, that there was this ushering into, um, the job and really, I don't want to call it handholding because I don't want people to expect it to be Mm handholding, but it kind of is a -hmm. little bit more like guiding along Mm -hmm. into a job, um, and I say that, that was my expectation. Um, then then what I'd heard about all the nurses around me were like, yeah, they just threw me in and I had six patients and I was drowning 24 seven, you know, oh no, stories that we've heard. Um, yeah. Like, you've got it easy. Uh, so that was, I think that was my biggest expectation going in um, quickly, uh, quickly got rid of it because uh, I was also pretty much on my own from the get go in, in a good way.
0: Um, Yeah. Did you have a cohort that you started with? Like, were there a bunch of you that started at the same time?
1: There were, yes, there were six of us. And by week, well, that's, that's hard to guess. Our and my residency ended up getting cut short for the pandemic. They just decided we can't do this. We can't bring you in in person. We can't um, do this. So it just turned into just precepting, which was even kind of Uh, hit or miss. Uh, Mm. But there were seven of us at my hospital that started. And I was the only one left at the end of the residency period. Are you serious? I'm not even joking. Not even joking. Um, What do you uh, think? (laughs) 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 Sorry, do you think they were they were just like, this is not for me? I do. I think, I think some of them left specifically for the, the setting. Um, Some just realized that the emergency room was not where they belonged, Um, Mm -hmm. which good for them to, to figure that out, especially that early on and say, Nope, going to do something else. Um, Some of them just disappeared on us. No one's really quite sure where they ended up Hmm. Um, and some, and a couple of people stepped back uh, for the pandemic for their own family, personal safety reasons. Oh
0: Yeah yeah so you didn't get quite the same level of instruction because like oh. I'm like all those skills days we call them skills days where I am, but all those skills days where you're learning mm-hmm. together as a cohort just were, went out the window.
1: yeah, nothing we We had about two weeks of um, of in classroom they were they were bringing us into a classroom setting, doing skill work, doing um, specific setting training um, that got canceled. My ACLS and PALS class were distant learning. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, it was kind of a mess to onboard as a new nurse.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like um, that was a rough time. I mean, I was precepting during that time Mm -hmm. also. And I remember hearing that we were cutting our skills days for our you know new new hires and stuff and like it's amazing people made it through
1: yeah yeah I was um I was listening to your uh your um episode with um Marie Cochram is that her name
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Um, Marie Cochram Mm -hmm.
1: yeah uh, talking about um new nurses and um I was thinking about and and her talking about how new nurses are having to learn not only everything new, like everything in the setting, but also COVID like pandemic learning and how, um, on top of that, the nurses that are teaching them have this, like this normal, this, this basis, this foundation, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And, um, I, I want to be careful with the way that I say things because I, have learned so much from my preceptors and I'm so incredibly thankful for them. Um, and in addition to that, uh, I think it, there were times that it felt like my preceptors forgot that I didn't have that that foundation um, mm-hmm. already set. And so mm-hmm. like, I was thinking, I was trying to think of an example for this. And the first thing that came to mind was learning about um, weaning a COPD patient off of oxygen and how you, that is like a very specific thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you add COVID and then you add, you know, pneumonia symptoms and respiratory distress from a, a virus on top of COPD to that. And, and and you're expected to know, like being a new nurse, I was expected to know the, the, the COPD steps and then learn the COVID steps. And I, you know, wanted to say to somebody somebody, like, I don't, there's so much I don't know. There's so much yeah. I, I don't have a foundation of.
0: There is, that yes. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm putting, I'm putting new information on top of already shaky information on top of sand, essentially.
0: Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, I, I feel like when you're new, you're at the other end of a firehouse, you know, and you can actually only retain so much. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can't know it all. So when you're off of your orientation, like you need to know, how to be a safe nurse, how to ask questions. Mm-hmm. But there's no way in hell you can know everything. Yeah. At all. You have to know who to ask and like, you know, yeah. or when to ask, or you're like, oh, I don't know what to do here. This person doesn't look very good, but I yeah. know I need someone here.
1: That's that is such a good point. I feel like that if there is any that if there was anything that was the most important thing for me to learn, both in that kind of residency that I did and being in my preceptorship and one I'm thankful that my preceptor was so open to questions because some preceptors are and some preceptors aren't you know every every Mm -hmm. preceptor is different but learning learning what when to ask for help and and how to ask for help how to how to um how to bring in other people into into your into your space is by by far the most um, the best skill that I learned in mm-hmm. those first thirteen weeks of mm-hmm. my job. You it's, in, be
0: it's interesting in nursing school; they don't really tell you how to assert your voice to like actually get someone's attention. Yes, you know, like yeah. how to like, oh, I need help in here. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, be <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, We're like Ugh. <laughs> the nurses are I passing know. by. No, they don't I need they help don't. in
0: here. Right. No, it's like,
1: I need help in here. Mm-hmm.
0: And then people will run. Yeah. So like, there's just all
1: these nuance things too. Yeah, totally. And then you add in for, you know, personally for me, you add in a room full of, of, um, nurses, techs, doctors, medics are probably still in there. Somebody, you know, people are doing CPR, there's machines going off. You are all in PPE, so you can't even really hear each other and being able to to yeah, to yell to stop everything and say especially if you're if you if, you, if it's your code or if it's your patient, being able to stop everything and say, "Hey, me, listen to me now." You all are listening to me now. Right. That, I, I wish we had gotten more practice at that. And I don't know how to, I say that, and I don't know how to, I mean, every, we, we all have our horror stories of uh, sim, sim days. <laughs> 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 and how, ooh, I still like ugh, cringe every time I think about sim days. But, and so maybe that's the setting that we could learn to practice that, that like, mm-hmm. let's make it a shit show and make somebody call for help. But mm-hmm. it's I, it's got to be hard to to simulate to simulate that
0: mm-hmm.
1: how to how to ask.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Let's go back to nursing school.
1: Oh, Let's
0: go. back. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, sorry if some of you threw up on your mouth.
1: Yeah. Um. <laughs> Deep breath, everybody. You're I not mean, there anymore, or you are
0: okay. right. Well, actually, I want to just say, I experienced this and you probably did too. It takes a long time to go to get through nursing school. It takes like two and a half years of prerequisites or two years or whatever. Um, and then, and then, then you're in nursing school and you're so excited because you have like, you know, you're finally there and then you graduate it and you're so excited and, you know, and then you're like at the bottom of the, just, right you're just like right, right at the bottom. Um, yeah. So, anyway, it's a big, it's a big ego check for sure.
1: Yes. But
0: anyway, let's, let's talk about nursing school. Um, we actually went, do we, we went to the same program, I think.
1: Did you do Shoreline?
0: Oh, no, damn it. But they have a really bad, not bad. They have a really, um... Intense reputation.
1: They do, yeah,
0: yeah, of like, yeah, super strict, super high grades, Mm -hmm. very competitive. I remember when I was trying to get in, Shoreline was more competitive than the UW. Really? Oh gosh, this Uh, was like in two thousand and six or five or something. So, anyway,
1: you went to UW? Is that what Mm -hmm. you? I went to UW. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you have any like, yeah, any any musings on nursing school?
1: Oh goodness. Yes so many yeah you're right that was that was a a cool um a cool and i think um scary part of being at shoreline is once once we were out of the classroom and into the hospitals every time that they heard that we were from shoreline community college this is a for those listening and not from Washington this is a community college program the charges and nurses who have been for a while always would always follow that up with, Oh yeah, man, shoreline nurses. Like we, we want to hire shoreline nurses. They, they pump out some of the best nurses
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, part of that is that uh, we, we are given some of the highest clinical hours of um, the programs in the city. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's a dumb amount of clinical hours that we spent, which I am, so incredibly grateful for because there's clearly there's a reason there's a a reason to the rhyme there that you don't you don't actually learn anything until you're applying it in nursing school I feel like Um, or at least Mm -hmm. that was my experience Mm -hmm. is you get all this information thrown at you thrown in your brain Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make sense until you're doing it until you are you know you can learn as many lab values as you want and what they mean and it doesn't mean a Damn thing! Until you're looking at a patient and their potassium and their what they look like, and then thinking about medications. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that's, you got to be right there.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it really does take the clinical experience to weave in the knowledge. Would did you did you get a did you rotate through the ED or through? At all, like, how did you know you wanted to do ED?
1: Good question. I did not know. Um, we we did. I was the regular. Like, I did ortho, med, surge, L and D. Praise all of you, L and D nurses. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: uh, but I never made it. Like, I never made it into a an ICU, um, mm-hmm. and I never made it made it into an ER. Mm-hmm. So my prior to nursing, I was an EMT here for here in Seattle for AMR. So I spent a lot of time in and out of the emergency rooms. Of- I didn't
0: I don't think I knew that. I thought for some reason you worked like in the ED at Harborview or something as a tech. But no, no, you were an EMT. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I want to talk about that at some point. But or yeah. we can talk about it now. But OK, so you were an EMT.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I my my father is a Seattle retired uh, King County Medic. Um and my mom is a neonatal nurse practitioner, but she worked for AirLift up until my brother and I were born. So I had parents who were in like adrenaline junkies in it to win it. Um and oh I grew up Oh my gosh.
0: Around
1: it. Yeah, I like some of my earliest memories <sighs> are sitting around, you know, during like dinner times, my all of my mom's friends would come over. All of the flight nurses um, would be around, and I just sit at the end of the table and just like soak in their stories. And I, you know, my brother, I am a twin, and my brother is the exact opposite. You can't get him within five hundred feet of a hospital, and he's like, "Why are we talking about this during dinner?" But I would just ask him for more and more and more questions. All the all the stories I could get out of them. Um,
0: between flight nursing and um, a medic. I feel like those stories are probably insane. Probably insane.
1: Yeah. And that was, you know, my, my parents are our parent age. So this was like wild West. They, some of the stories they probably shouldn't have been repeating, but. Oh yeah. It was. Yeah. So it, I, I got a a glimpse of, of this world that I immediately was drawn to and knew that I wanted to be in. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, my so I, originally I started heading down the medic path. I thought mm-hmm. oh, I'll be a medic like my dad. Yeah, um, and it was an EMT. It was a, a, a EMT firefighter in Spokane for a little while, which was an interesting place to to do that. Um, and learned there pretty quickly that I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't want to stay the firefighter medic route. Like I didn't. I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want that to be my the rest of my life I don't get along great with firefighters uh and then when I got back to Seattle I um that was in college and and so I came back to Seattle and was working for AMR and started coming in and out of like Harborview ER mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. instantly was like oh this is where I'm supposed to be I see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see
0: how many years were you an
1: EMT I was an EMT for six years I think I was like baby 19 years old EMT should nobody should have trusted me but their grandma um,
0: <laughs>
1: up until nursing school
0: <laughs> that's great shout out to S- Susan Collins she started off as a baby nurse from she's been on the show a couple times but she started yeah. off as an EMT at 19 oh so no she, way she started she sort of said the same yeah she she went on to be a firefighter and then then went to nursing school but what did you like about like looking back do you mind if we talk about your EMT oh I love it world what did you love about it
1: I loved the um the kind of interactions I got to have with people um that that like Quick establishing rapport, with mm. a person who is in a vulnerable place, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is something that I have always loved doing and always, I think is, is, a, is a gift that I um... <laughs> this is a, a very small tangent. Um, I My mom was going through some old old school stuff and mm-hmm. found a letter that um, a, another mother had written to my mom from third grade when a new boy, in school had arrived to our classroom and was very shy. No one had talked to him for the first couple of days. And one day I had gone up to him. We had like a group project and I had gone up to Jack and asked him if he wanted to be in my group. And then later that day had sat him at lunch and he'd gone home and told his mom that he had this new friend. And she was all verklempt um, about how, you know, this child had come up and made friends and that, but that, uh, that feels very in line with how I move through the world. And like, I love meeting new people and I love getting in deep, like let's do, mm-hmm. I wanna be in relationship with you somehow mm-hmm. fast now. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was essentially what most of EMS is. I mean, especially in Seattle, if someone is dying, the medics are gonna take them. That's, mm-hmm. you're not even gonna see, you're not even gonna get called as an EMT, mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. private EMT. And so the calls that you do end up on are often people who are in distress, um, are not dying and, and so that it gives a little bit more leeway for, for that rapport building and that problem solving with a person, um, even if it is only a 15 minute ride from where you're at to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, that like that little, and, (laughs) you know, some of our patients didn't love, uh, Love that we were there to take care of them. Um, and so kind of that craftiness of, of <laughs> creating a relationship, a working relationship for 15 minutes or an hour or whatever um, time I was with them, I loved that. Like I loved figuring people out and, and working with them. And um, I don't know, that dynamic was, um, was something that I really looked forward to. More, more so than the, the medicine, the, the health care almost. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. It's like, what character am I going to meet today?
1: Yeah, what, totally.
0: What, what cat? What, yeah. And pe- people yeah. are fascinating. People huh. are fascinating. And you get a window into all these people's lives. And I mean, who knows? You, ca- you probably would, what, roll up and go into people's homes?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. And it's so, their spaces,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's so different to think about going into like, you know, patients' rooms where that's sort of their space, but we feel like it's our space. Mm-hmm. But to go into someone's home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. The going into patients' patients' rooms. That's yeah, there's there's a and there's a level of of like seeing a person as in as a human that um not all, but some people that I have worked with uh, both in EMS and in and in nursing just lose maybe a little bit or forget or um, sometimes push to the side. And it felt good to be in EMS um, and in nursing, to be a person who wasn't, was trying to do the opposite of that, to be mm-hmm. a, a human working with another human.
0: Um, yeah. Right. Right. They're not just numbers, lab values, diagnoses. Yeah. It's always good. Good to keep in mind. I, you know, some of our patients obviously get super sick and
1: mm-hmm. yours. Yeah. Thank God you <laughs> take them from us. <laughs>
0: goodness <laughs> goodness. Um, And, but you know, it's always a wonder, like, who were they before they came in here? They're still <laughs> that person. Will they go back to what they were like before they came in? Well, you know, we have these like get to know me posters.
1: Um oh,
0: cool. It's like what language do I speak? What do I like? What do I don't like? Like what do I like to be called? Like um and sometimes we'll blow up pictures and um it I always like that because I think it makes me think about who they really are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was one of the, um, one of my preceptors, uh, w- there, when we did, um, my evaluation with them, one of their, one of their, uh, notes was that my, my patient notes, um, were too long that I, and that I was including unnecessary information mm-hmm. um, in those notes to the, to the doc, um, which, when going back and looking at the notes that they were talking about it, what it was all of the, it was the human pieces. It was mm. this person is, um, you know, 38 year old man with, you know, two kids at home, like speaks, you know, speaks this language, primarily this is the support systems that he has mm-hmm. around him. Um, and yet information that my colleague was considering unnecessary. For mm-hmm. for care for this patient, which mm-hmm. I still think about that um, that interaction and and the idea of that finding that balance. Yes, mm-hmm. still still musing on that.
0: My this is how I feel about notes. I don't care what you write. I just care that you write
1: one. Yes, <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
0: I mean, if you want to write a Bible, you can write, you know, if if you want to write, you know, a chapter in a book, that's fine. I just, I'm always about, there's 12 hours in this day
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and you want to get out on time. So do whatever works for you. But, you know, I do care what people write, but like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge stickler. But anyway, as you know this, in nursing, you find your own voice. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So when you're done with, um, being precepted and you figure out what it is that you like and what you bring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How did you transition from being an EMT to a nurse when you actually <laughs> like, that's kind of tricky.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was, a. it was, I don't remember, you know, that's, When did I make that decision? I knew that um, it it became clear while I was in as an EMT that this, that I wanted more, that I wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to do more. I wanted to Mm -hmm. learn more. And Mm -hmm. that felt like it wasn't going to happen in that setting um, outside of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And the amount of time I spent just like while my partner was writing their note or, Mm -hmm. you know, cleaning where most people go back and sit, sit in the ambulance in the bay and Mm -hmm. get on their phones. I was like, Walking around the emergency room and you know peeking mm. in rooms and watching and and um, asking bugging the nurses. I'm so sorry, I was bugging you with questions that you didn't probably want to answer. But I, I was curious.
0: Love that. What uh, and I specifically mean like so you really had to learn a new, new role, like unlearn things, right? Or or so the role. I don't really know the role delineation of like what an. I don't know what an EMT does. Yeah. And I mean, I know there's sort of, st- there's many types of EMTs and then there's what, a paramedic on over, the- like above that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, But like you had to learn probably the way you interacted with doctors and interacted, like yeah. it, it was a big, um, big learning curve, a different type of learning curve.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. That is that is very um, intuitive of you um, because I think it's different than a CNA. Like, you know, most, most people who enter nursing school are either EMTs or CNAs and it kind of pulls from two different groups of people because you need to have some sort of experience um, in a medical field or in healthcare field. Um, and though I would not have traded being an EMT for anything, um, I think, if I had gone back and had the chance, I would have been a CNA. Mm. If I knew that I wanted to be a nurse, I would have been a CNA instead of an EMT because mm. of what you're saying of how, how different it is, how much of a learning curve. And so those first, I'm, I'm sure you remember the first couple quarters of nursing school are really, um, you're essentially acting like a CNA, especially of, mm-hmm. in centers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, Clinical settings. Mm-hmm. And I was just so behind the curve. I did not know how to get a patient out of bed and dressed and cleaned. And um, I didn't know, like, there was just so many little things that that I'd never experienced.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: it, even, in the, even in the classroom work, there were things that my that came to my classmates so and so easily and so intuitively. And I, I was like, Oh shit, maybe I'm not supposed to be a nurse. Like this seems so simple to everyone around me. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting it, which is Mm -hmm. of course a feeling that continued itself through nursing school as most people have once. um,
0: Imposter syndrome or yeah. Um, I know I was just thinking, I remember thinking, I don't, I don't know how to fluff and, Puff someone, you know, like, like, like. This is,
1: that's like total Perfect. nurse lingo. When we say that, your preceptor says, Go do, go fluff and puff something. And you're like, I don't what, you want me to what? <laughs> I'm a nurse.
0: <laughs> like, I didn't really understand. What they meant, Okay, get them looking nice, put four pillows, a pillow under <laughs> their arm, a pillow okay. under the other arm, a pillow under their legs. <laughs> yep. Go, go fluff and puff. Go fluff and puff. That's nice that that's um, ubiquitous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're all saying, all the instructors are saying the same things, getting the same confused looks. <laughs> what? Um, oh. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. The other thing that I... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Just the other thing that that you mentioned earlier and is now coming back to me is the, the ego check um, that was starting nursing school. I, I very distinctly remember my first, um, my first of a few, some may say several, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, like sit downs, uh, talks, chats. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, check-ins? Call, we'll call them chats. Uh, okay. ups might be another word for that. What'd you call it? Write ups. Write ups. Uh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Dis- disciplinary conversations, potentially. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. um, my first one was when I had, I had, I had blown off some some online training, um, and then when I was um, asked, it, when I was um, confronted about it, my response was, "Well, I did that as an EMT all the time. I, like, I already know. I think it was like counting drip, like drips. Um, oh, uh-huh. Drip rate, mm-hmm. uh, which we I didn't do often as an EMT, but had to learn how to do. And my instructor, the, my, uh, the the faculty member who had sat me down was like, "That that's the dumbest excuse I've ever heard. And you are going to hurt someone if you ever, I never want to hear you say that ever again, because you are not an EMT anymore. You are a nurse and you need to do everything as a nurse. She, I mean, she, she gave it to me. It was, and I. My I, jaw is on the floor. Yeah. Go ahead. I see, I see, I see your face doing that. And while that was my reaction in the moment, I really needed to hear that. I needed her to check me. And I still think about that exact moment and that feeling of being reminded that I don't know everything. Like, I don't know anything and I need to, and this, and in this profession, not knowing something, it's not like, oh, you're going to you know mess up a report or you're going to send in the wrong information. No, that's somebody's life. That you're gonna uh-huh. take into your hands and pretend like you know everything about. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah, that that reality check was of this is different than EMS was a big big moment for me.
0: Yeah, and you you know, at some point it hits you. Like we say, we joked earlier, like you're the nurse, but really you're the nurse mm-hmm. in sc- nursing school or when you're done, you're the nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just had a flash of a terrible memory. Yes, yeah, bring <laughs> I was a CNA. I was um, on the, I was a CNA. Um, and I was on the float pool. And, um, you know, I never knew what I was going to do. Like if I was, what I was, my role, if I was where I was going to float, like, and um, I was a bit hungover. Um, I and I w- you know <laughs> was a bit hungover, and then they, they assigned me to be a constant observer, or a sitter, people call it, of somebody who was impulsive, elderly, but was missing half their school. Hello. And a- I was like, oh my God, you know, because... I was like, I never again, I'm never going to be hungover at work ever again, (laughs) ever again, because I was mortified, you know, when they're missing half their skull, you know, they're obviously their head's covered with skin, you know, but like, if you bump their head where their brain is, they could have a brain, you could hurt their brain. Yeah. Like you could damage their, I was so, I was, I, I feel like I want to throw up thinking about it, but I, that hit me. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Never again.
1: (laughs) Which we all say, and then, you know, that's not, that's not true. Yeah. There you are again. (laughs) It's (laughs) happened again. I I also had a rough night last night.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just never know what you're going to get. Um, you know, you could have, and this goes, this, I mean, obviously for the ER, you never know what's coming through the door unless you're called, I guess, right. Like, minutes before it. I don't know um, yeah. how and that even works. Then sometimes
1: It's not what they said was coming. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Right. Did it, um, when you were learning in the ER, did, I know there's sort of like different levels of acuity, right? Mm-hmm. And so would you go, were, were you, was the expectation that you would take care of the lower acuity patients first and then move on to the higher acuity patients as you got more training or like more time under your belt or was the expectation that you could just, you would be trained to just take care of the super sickies coming through?
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a good question. The, um, you're right. That, that most, most times the, the setup is that you start, um, the ER that I had, had a, um, had pods A, B, and mm-hmm. C pod, and mm-hmm. the C pod was you kind of your your fast track, your urgent mm. care like patients. Um, uh, B pod was kind of more medical. Actually, B pod was a uh, heavy psych um, we, because we see a lot of psych in the emergency oh, room, right? And then A pod was your your um, our two trauma bays and the kind of higher acuity medical patients. And so they started us off. Um, we, you would we would be wherever our preceptor was um but as we started to take on our own patients they try to keep us in c and b pod um and that's how it started um i i i quickly made it it clear that i i wanted more that i wanted to do more and Mm -hmm. and that i once i had proven that i could take care of a few C-pod or B-pod patients on my own, um, I was allowed to start um, moving into the A-pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, I think a big reason that that worked and that I, I did so well was because I asked 3,000 questions a day. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of the things I feel like about asking questions is it not only gives you as a new nurse more information and more help, but it also helps even maybe more importantly, the nurses around you understand that you don't think, one, you don't think you know everything, and two, that the questions that you're asking can help people understand your thinking. And so if the questions that you're asking make sense in line with the patient condition, then you're showing that, like you're almost proving yourself to the nurses around you, that they can trust you. Um, And so that's why I tell every new nurse that I interact with in the nursing setting, or like when nursing students came in, I was like, "If you have any, just come find me. If you have any questions, ask me anything. And if I don't be- know the answer, which I probably won't, mm-hmm. we'll go find someone else. But I can be that liaison because mm-hmm. that's like we're just going to ask questions. That's that's all we're going to do. Um, and and so that that helped me. Um, that and and my kind of voracious uh, attitude towards getting into the, um, into the APOD and it, and then pandemic. Yes.
0: Let's talk about that.
1: Adding in staffing shortages and, um, other stress. I, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. And I, I think I was, they, they had a a rule of uh, probably about, I think it was, it was either six months or a year that you had to be on staff and trained before you could be in the trauma bays.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, it was, it was probably not month four, um, that I was then taking a trauma bay a night by myself. Um, yes. Whoa. Looking back on that, I <clears throat> am so thankful for that time and for the experience and for the team that I was working with. Mm-hmm. I clearly wasn't doing it by myself. Um, but that was, that was, yeah, that was intense.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that you, I mean, really, you were, had like three months of experience when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and where you were, you were taking COVID patients. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, we all were at some point mm-hmm. out of the gate, but I think, anyway, yeah, what? Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to say except I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sorry I'm sorry to you and to everyone listening that this has been our reality for a year. Yeah. It's,
0: we could have been a lot different.
1: Yeah, it it really could have.
0: Mhm. I do I I have some hope. Do you have hope for like this summer? What do you think? Do you think we'll be Doing anything that's quote unquote sort of normal,
1: yeah, fun. Um, yes, hope. Hope is hope has been hard to find this year um, for many people, um, and especially for healthcare workers and anyone who works in the hospital setting. I mean, I extend that to everyone who has to show up to a hospital every day. The environmental service workers, our techs, our Door, our like door checkers now, our yeah. screeners, um, uh, social workers, um, but I, I was um, I was noticing this last week that I am getting a lot of text messages from friends, um, not not in the medical field, who are telling me are just texting me just to say, Hey, my mom got the vaccine or, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like I got my vaccine appointment. Um, oh. and I don't, I, I wish I could tell people how encouraging it is to me that they're sending, you know, it's not like a, 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 Hey, how are you? Which I'm so tired of getting those texts and I have essentially stopped responding to them. Um, because the <laughs> answer for all of us is the same. Yeah. It's shitty. I'm shitty. Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked up. How about you? (laughs) Um, But no, just these little, these little like glimpses of joy that people have taken a second out of their day to share with me um, Mm -hmm. that, that they are feeling hopeful and that they are feeling um, yeah, excited. So that, that has been giving, that has been the hope um, that I've been finding recently. Mm. Um, And I do, I feel especially with this rollout of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, the one shot vaccine, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic that there will be a lot of people vaccinated by Seattle summer, which doesn't usually start until August. Right. Cold and wet.
0: (laughs) Or six weeks, um, August to mid September.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And not a day sooner or later.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, that also gives me so much hope. Like I'm just bring it, bring it on, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm vaccinated. Um, my husband is not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't think my life's going to change very much Yeah, doing anything super different until he's vaccinated. Then I feel like, okay, maybe we could do some things, but, yeah. um, I did. I don't think I asked you if I was going to, I told you I was going to ask you this, but what, what can you say to the nursing students out there? The people that are just about, let's see, it's March, they're going to graduate in June.
1: Yeah, soon.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, obviously lots of different programs out there mm-hmm. graduate at different times, but to those nursing students, what would you say to them?
1: Oh, man, what a question. To those nursing students out there, oh, so many things. So I, first of all, am so proud of you for getting through that program. Um, I'm proud of us for getting through that program because that shit was rigorous. Hardest Mm -hmm. thing I've ever done in my life. I still say Mm -hmm. that. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Maybe besides a pandemic, but Mm -hmm. it's up there. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I would say that... uh, This is a, this is a really weird and really hard time to enter nursing. Um, People, the people that you're about to join in most settings are so burnt out and so tired. And while they will be thankful for your excitement and your energy, Mm -hmm. there are times when it's, those two things are going to clash. Um, when you're going to ask just one too many questions to a preceptor who's had a bad day or who's had a bad week, um, and they are going to turn around and snap at you, or you're going to, you know, you're you're going to get a patient that is already medically complex, and on top of that, they have COVID um, or COVID-like symptoms, or there's going to be something you know that's added onto that. Um. everybody, you're probably going to end up on a unit that has been short-staffed or is short-staffed or was short-staffed and now looks, or with nurses who haven't been there before and now looks completely different. I, again, that Marie Cochran talking about the normal, that mm-hmm. whatever normal was, it no longer exists. Throw it wow. out, throw it out. Um. But that also, this is it's hard it's a it's a it's such an exciting and like joyous and celebratory thing to finally be a nurse mm-hmm. and I want an I want you to be able to find that joy and the excitement of learning and the and the, and, and it's there it's there mm-hmm. um, especially when you get really great preceptors like Nicole who are looking forward to teaching you mm-hmm. um, helping you find your voice mm-hmm. Um, so it's there, like hang in there, it's there. And then the other big thing that I wish I had thought more about, been told more about is speaking up for yourself and your own health and safety. Um, they like speak, like call out, is huge in nursing right now. Nursing school tells you, you know, speak up, speak up when something isn't safe. This is, mm-hmm. this is um, like safety, you know, creating, yeah. creating safer spaces. But I think outside, apart from medicine, from, from speaking out for patient condition, for safety in a medical way, there's the need to speak up for yourself and, This thought isn't fully formed, but this is what I was thinking about this morning. Um, like, it's it's hard to be a new nurse in a place where you don't feel grounded to ask to ask for help for yourself. Like, I am struggling. I'm scared. I am sad. I am mad. I am embarrassed. I am feeling shame um, mm-hmm. to people who the who maybe you don't know well, or you don't trust, or don't, um, don't know you, but also understand better than say your partner at home or your parents or your best friend, because they're also nurses and they're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I had, I think I would, I would be in a pretty different place right now in my life if I had, taken the risk and reached out to the people around me and said, I'm struggling. I am not doing well. Um, and, and in foresight having done that now, I realized that it would have been, I would have had such a, a good reaction. We're nurses. We yeah. Are, are fundamentally, we care about, right. Each We'd be other. like, okay, yeah. worry.
0: Okay. What can we, what can we help you with? What yeah. do you need? let's game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's super insightful, uh, wisdom and also vulnerable of you to share that. And I think, you know, nurses, new nurses, nursing students, I mean, we do need to be able to ask for help if we are struggling. Um, yeah. So thank you for, for mentioning that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, We, you know, a lot of places have employee assistance programs that offer free counseling. Um, And, you know, this has been a really tough, tough year. So um, I'm just going to say to you, I'm not surprised you were struggling, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not surprised anybody's been struggling. Um, It's just been... It's been beyond, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beyond normal, beyond, you know, terrible and crazy and messed up. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a year. So yeah, I can't, I, yeah. I
1: appreciate you saying that. I think another, uh, another big piece of that, that I would lovingly nudge people like you, um, other listeners who are nurses, who have been nurses for a long time, people like hearing somebody like you that I look up to and respect so much say, one, say that it has been hard and that you've struggled. Um, And to say that you understand that I've struggled, like hearing these things means so much more than you could imagine. Other than you were probably a new nurse at one point and heard it too, but means, more than you can imagine to a new nurse like me even just you know just little little things in passing um just they have more of an effect than than you can imagine on a new nurse who feels alone and scared and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they have no idea what they're doing or why they're here Um,
0: i feel like in the future if you look back on your time becoming a new nurse in the middle of a pandemic, you'll understand even more how fucked up that was. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really, I, all, I really realized that. And I mean, I, I know anyways, a lot of my colleagues feel this way too. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard That's to be to- a new nurse. It's hard. And like, you know, it doesn't get fun until like year and a half, year, year and a half or two years. Mm -hmm. like, you know, where you don't have to constantly think about everything. Like you can just be like, Hey, I think you can probably roll with whatever's going through the door now coming through the door. So, um, it takes a ton of mental energy just to do the job normally Mm -hmm. and to learn it. And, and so, uh, yeah. And to do it under these circumstances has just been, I mean, I feel for, I feel for you and I feel for everybody who's had to do that. And the people that I've precepted, you know, um it just added a totally different layer that we would have f- never never imagined. Yeah.
1: So I'm curious. You- Sorry, go ahead. No,
0: I was gonna say good job.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um I'm curious for you thinking back to that hope question, I'm, I'm wondering since I think what it was like yesterday or a couple days ago that we hit a year. Um, I know you were saying that, um, that you have the vaccines that you're looking forward to when your husband has the vaccines. Um, but also just curious for you as a nurse, if you're feeling hope, finding hope, finding joy, getting through.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, um, I will before I get into my hope, I'm just going to say coming upon March of 2021 has been really intense. It's brought up a ton of really horrible feelings and memories and like for everybody, I think collectively it's just been like god, you know, going back to like where we were a year ago is was, was so it was you know, terrifying. Yeah. Um so <laughs> it's been like lately i've just been like oh my, oh my god <laughs> somehow just thinking about last march but um, yeah. but i do think that this june this summer will be different it does feel different it feels really different like the we're narrowing the gap um you know i think it's like 25 to 30 million people have gotten the vaccine 25 million have gotten covid that we know of mm-hmm. and then there's 300 300- you know, million, 330 million people in the United States. Um, and so I don't know, we're gonna, we're gonna get there soon. We're gonna narrow the gap with all the vaccinations faster because right now we're giving out way more vaccinations, um, than we used to be giving out. And obviously there, you know, we didn't have one not too long ago, but, um, the rate of vaccinations is a, a lot faster than the rate of infections of COVID and our numbers are decreasing. And I think, I think we're going to, I mean, that is getting me through, that's getting me through. And, you know, working with COVID patients, having been vaccinated feels totally different. Yeah. Like we don't have to be scared anymore. Yeah. So that feels really good. Um, gives me a ton of hope. Um, you know, I want to, you know, I want all my friends and family to get vaccinated so that I can hug them. Mm -hmm. I want to hug and kiss people.
1: I want (laughs) to lick all my friends.
0: Yes. I just want (laughs) to lick them. (laughs) So, I mean, it gives me just a ton of hope and, you know, I think, um, I I feel like we could be looking at a post pandemic world soon. So yeah. I think everyone's going to go crazy, go nuts, go just like ape shit yeah. or something. Because this, this is what a time to be alive.
1: What a time <laughs> to be alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Corey, it's been so fun
1: to you talk I, to you r- real quick um w- hearing you say that i just share one last thing with you um, yes please a, a poem that i came across um it's very short uh, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago um but listening to you say that I, it brought it back to me if it's okay if i share it. With yes you. of course um i wrote it down here um oh here it is Uh, So this is uh, Hafiz, uh, Persian, 14th century Persian poet, Mm -hmm. uh, lyrical poet, writes very, very short, well, not all of them, but this one is um, a short lyrical poem. Um, The wind and I could come by and carry you the last part of your journey if you become light enough by just letting go of a few more things you're clinging to that still believe in gravity.
0: Hmm. That was beautiful.
1: Yeah. We're so close. We are. And when we can let all of this go, we're we. Yeah. We'll be, yeah, <laughs> we'll be
0: up in the sky. Yeah. We'll be flying. I'm. Yeah. It's exciting. That what a beautiful poem. Can you say the the poet's name again?
1: Yeah, Hafiz. H A F E Z.
0: Fourteenth century Persian poet. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, Corey, it was so fun to talk to you. So good, such a rich conversation. I am sure everyone out there loved loved listening to you talk, and you know, just such a awesome awesome conversation. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, any last closing thoughts for the show?
1: No, I thank you so much for doing this. I, this podcast has been getting me through the pandemic, just hearing other nurses, hearing you every, I mean, even just the consistency of hearing you. Um, oh. it's, so, it's so much chaos, little bits of consistency and little bits of joy are getting us nurses and us humans through. So thank you so much for holding this space for us to, say weird shit and tell our <laughs> stories and cry and laugh and yeah be in community.
0: Oh, that means the world to me. Um, and now I'm crying. Um <laughs> that really does so. That means the world to me. So thank you so much. Um
1: and I'm, as- I'm in Morocco also.
0: Are you serious?
1: Yeah. Oh, I just I'm is it right here? I just <laughs> let me show you this. I just printed, I need to renew my passport, but I have oh, some, yeah. time right now. I just printed off my passport renewal documentation.
0: Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Yes, we're, we're actually um, in the hopefully gonna relaunch or like officially, yeah, launch it in a couple weeks. So um, stay tuned, yes. stay tuned. Um, yeah. Well, Wow. Now I feel my heart is big and, uh, thank you so much, Corey. Um, for everyone out there, as always stay safe and stay sane and we'll see you on the next one. Um, and that was so awesome. <laughs>